In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Hail to the victor, valiant. Hey, uh, welcome into the No Off Days podcast. I'm Scott Smith. We got Chris Cato. BK is in the booth. Uh, we have now kind of launched into this is a college football postmortem. Sad. So it's always a sad yeah. kind of. So let me just give you a little horizon shot. Uh, the combine is in a month and a half. Uh, spring ball is about two months away, and then you have the draft, which is three and a half months away. So can can you hold on? I don't think that's enough to get me through. Okay. Well, when, when, well, at least we have the NFL playoffs. When does the UFL start? That's when I'll get interested. That's, I believe, the end of March. Okay. Yes, the combination of the USFL and the XFL. All so, right. Uh, did you enjoy the national championship game this week? Thought it was a good game. Not a great game. Thought it was a good game, though. Yeah. It, um, the semifinals kind of set a, a high bar. They did. They so. did. And I think it's been a reverse of that in most of these college football playoff years, right, where we get kind of stinkers of semifinals Then usually – well, we've had some good championship games and some duds, but you know, it was, uh, we did our picks last week and it kind of went as I thought, although I didn't think Michigan would, would dominate them by that much, but it was a line of scrimmage game and Michigan yeah. just, this is old school football. They just line up. They don't spread guys out. They've yeah. got wide receivers in tight on the formation. They're going to pull a tackle and they're going to bludgeon you for four quarters and yeah. you better like it. Not a finesse game for sure. I mean, I think that that first quarter was just like an eye-opening, wow, okay, is this how it's going to go? And then you shot me a text and you said, TCU Georgia, here we go. <laughs> but, you know, a Washington, yeah, Washington kind of stretched it out yeah. a little bit and was able to hold them off until the fourth quarter when they kicked in the afterburners and uh, Michigan runs away with it. So, yeah, uh, congrats to Jim Hart Harbaugh and company will be discussing him on the podcast. Let's bring in Brian King. Uh, BK, you called Michigan, didn't you, last week? Yeah. Yeah, so you're right on the money as well. Were you uh, impressed with what you saw? Oh, I, I kind of was. I mean, the, the more you – you know, I didn't watch that much Michigan this year, but the more you see them, the more they do not look like a Big Ten – typical Big Ten team. I mean, they, they power – I mean – Boy, they just hit people. Their and defensive line is impressive. Oh, and and at two, they've got their second string defensive. They just roll guys in. Yeah. I know. The second string was in, and they were lighting up Penix, too. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, I was, I was impressed by that. Yeah. A lot of times you would watch it, and, and you'd be like, where are they bringing these blitzers from? And you're realizing it's just a four-man rush. The Russian four. Yeah, yeah. That's all they're doing. I mean, I thought the internal pressure was so significant that Penix, even though he was also getting pressure off the, off the outside – like he just didn't he he didn't feel comfortable stepping up. So there's so many throws that he's either backpedaling he's back, yeah. or he's just not stepping into yeah. his throw. And obviously his his accuracy suffered because of that. So uh, we have a lot of college football to get to on today's show. Even though it was you know as we mentioned it, we're in post mortem season now for uh, college football. Uh, can you give us a glimpse, BK, as to what else to expect on today's year program? Uh, talk a little bit about this Jameis Winston thing. Did you see this at the end of the uh, Falcons game? Did I Saints? see it? He he ate a W he did. <laughs> on the field. <laughs> so we got a little discussion about this back in sports, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about that. Okay. And we then can, at the uh, – He we can doesn't re- sound excited. We can rehash it. it. Well, it was a, he got heated, man. I mean, it was right it was a Monday gate. right out of the gates. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. And, uh, and you were, that was your resolution was to not oh, argue. Was. Yeah. I made it to, what, <laughs> January 8th. <laughs> yeah, yeah. a week in. It's pretty good, man. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> and at the end of the show, we're going to do something. It's in Cato's wheelhouse, admittedly. It's uh, NFL logos. Give oh. you a little quiz on NFL logos. I didn't know this was a this is a wheelhouse issue for you. <laughs> it is, yeah. You really? I did a like a college thesis on the origin of NFL logos. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Is so that, that, those are the kind of degrees they hand out at Troy. Huh? Get ready for <laughs> okay. Professor Cato to <laughs> hold right. forth. Very hey, good. you just besmirched my alma mater. No. 
maybe no, this fine broadcast great. journalism degree. They're great. Okay, very good, BK. We'll catch Thanks, up guys. with you in a minute. Uh, if you're listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, uh, take out your phone. You can zap the QR code right there on the screen in the bottom right-hand corner, and there you can find all of our shows. Please subscribe at fox13news.com slash nodpod. So uh, Jim Harbaugh is now a national championship-winning coach, and this was something that had eluded him. I mean, you, you look back on just the, the stretch run that he had at Michigan, it was like, some seasons couldn't beat Ohio State. They're going to can the guy, and uh, and they hang they hang with him, and he produces for them in a big way. And uh, that was a that was a talented roster that they put out there on the field. Um, but he he made a promise, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. made a promise. I don't know if the promise was to deliver a national championship, but it was a, a promise to get um, some ink, right? And so yes, yeah, that's so right. So he's got to come through on that, right? He he's said got- he's going to get his. He's what fifty something years old, has zero body, zero tattoos. Said he after winning the national championship he's going to get a tattoo yeah um uh, you probably have some thoughts on it what about the what about uh to capture and remember the moment of winning a national championship the moment he lifted his mother up and gave her an on the mouth kiss can we have that <laughs> moment as maybe that. like a chest tattoo what do you think you say make that the tattoo <laughs> yes him that's, that's the his- tattoo like that, something to memorialize the season. That you know? would be that would be something. I was thinking maybe since you know the season was so shrouded in controversy and mystery, maybe <laughs> like a, a stallion on a on a chest for Connor Stallions or a um, <laughs> what was the uh, I'll steal this from Brian. He mentioned this last week. That he told the NCAA you know that this infraction was him nothing but having a cheeseburger. Uh, with a recruit, so maybe he gets a cheeseburger on his uh, backside or something. You know what's funny is that I have a cousin that has a bur- uh, cheeseburger tattooed on their arm. That's commitment. Yeah, they, well, they got a lot of lot of weird tattoos. Is his yeah. name Wimpy? <laughs> it's a she. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> even better. There we go. Um, all right, so you know we've talked so much about about what the the horizon is for college football and the twelve team playoff, and some of us are very excited about it, and others are not, but. I'm curious if the result would have been different if this year the 12 team was instituted. Would we have still gotten Michigan-Washington? Would we have had a different matchup? Would it have been a more compelling matchup uh, had we run the 12 team this year? You know, I think, you know, kind of I, I wrote it out on a little scratch piece of paper today what I thought the playoff teams would have been and seating and how that bracket would have been set up. And I think on the I think on one side I think you still get Michigan and I think it still would have been a semifinal between Michigan and Alabama, uh, but on the other side it does kind of turn into a more compelling matchup mm-hmm. because you have, um, you know I think Washington would have had to have gone through probably Ohio State, and probably Georgia, right. to get there and and I can't sit here and say that that they could have done that you know for as good as Washington was playing I, I want to take the, the the national championship out of kind of my thought right Mm -hmm. so the Washington that I was thinking of prior to that game against Michigan and they obviously exposed them a little bit could they have taken down Georgia could they have beaten an Ohio State team I mean Georgia and Ohio State are the two teams that kind of linger for me like could those two teams those are the only two teams I really feel like could have potentially given a better matchup to Michigan in the final your thoughts yeah I did the same exercise you did and kind of boiled down the same thing and you know it is tough like you could I could make a case for maybe Florida State beating Alabama uh, if they had you know no opt-outs in a month to prepare Rotomaker but I do think on that side of this hypothetical bracket it would have been a Rose Bowl rematch with Michigan and Bama yeah. but I do really like the uh, how the other side could have played out and I think we would have seen Georgia 
I really think Georgia, if you look at the body of the season, the team that they were when they lost to Alabama by three, Brock Bowers was like 50%. Lad McConkey was limping around. Bama kind of caught him at the perfect time. Um, and so I think Georgia was probably the second best team in the country with Michigan. So, I, And I think that would have given us a more compelling championship game. And I'm not saying this to diminish Washington. Washington but you just did a little, I did, a little, but, little bit. But, you little know, bit. this is what I, why I like the idea of a 12-team playoff. And I used to think opposite of this. You and I have gone about this for years about um, whether – Well, I've, I've tried to lure you to my side, and I think – Well, I've you know what lured successfully me – Successfully done well, it. Well, I don't know. I don't, every it, time I talk to you, it, it, I think you're on a different side of this this, this discussion. Well, no, I think I was pretty clear when we discussed it on this podcast <laughs> – Go back and ago, listen. The, the number one thing that kept hanging in my mind was that TCU Georgia game last year and just what how what a disappointment that was for a great college football season to have that as your championship showcase and I'm not comparing Washington to that although I did make that joke to you uh, in the first quarter of that game the other night but I do think a 12 team format just like the NFL playoff does it allows teams that have some flaws that haven't been you know they've gotten they've been able to hide those flaws with some favorable matchups but eventually you're going to get exposed and I think that you know Washington's issues were uh brought to that's what brought them down against Michigan was it just kind of the physicality that they this Joe Moore award-winning offensive line really couldn't stand in the pocket it couldn't stay there and protect Penix and I think so I think uh when you have a Georgia team like that in the playoff they're better built for something like that uh, and I think at Georgia, Michigan, I would have loved to see that play out on the field. I think that would have been an outstanding one final. of the one of the things that I think that it also gives you uh, an ability to watch is the teams that are left out of the conference cha- the, the conference championship games that we talk about every year. Should they be allowed back into the playoff? Now that gives them the opportunity, and it all. But you're also rewarding the conference champ presumably right because right? there because there's still four buys that you can be awarded but it, it allows another seat at the table for a team like an Ohio State or that you know missed out on the conference championship game so I, I think you know would it have provided a more compelling national championship game I don't know it, it's it's possible it's hard to say uh if it plays out the way you say yeah I mean I think maybe Georgia gives them a, a, a tougher fight down the stretch I think maybe even Ohio State gives them a little bit more of a tougher fight as well mm-hmm. but um I know without a doubt that it is a more compelling way to get there that's what I'm convinced of and I think that this really what we watched throughout the bowl season not to rehash last week's argument but I, I think that that has kind of cemented it that m- the more games you have with stakes that are as high as a playoff yeah uh the the better games you're gonna get and so that that's that's how i kind of see this and fortunately we're gonna get that moving forward that's exciting um all right so michigan kind of breaks through this this glass ceiling so to speak of you know wanting to get back to the top 12 national championships in in program history um but the first since 1997 so where they were before monday i want to think through some teams that are in the nation right now that that are kind of where michigan was like there is um a desire to obviously win a national championship there's an expectation there's an expectation to win a national championship and there is a lack of patience as well Mm. amongst either you know the faculty the you know the board the fan base whatever it may be uh what are those teams that fall into that category that is the next michigan the next team that really they got to get there or else you know coaches are going to get fired and and we're going to see some more overhaul 
I think the first one is Michigan's biggest rival. I think it's Ohio State because that is a program that has expectations, a fan base that has, you could call it unrealistic expectations almost. But no, they are realistic because you have, uh, you recruit one of the best recruiting classes every year. Ryan Day is 56 and 8 in five years. He is 56 and 8, yet he still has an unhappy fan base, uh, grumblings within the administration itself. And that's largely because he's not winning the big prizes. Uh, yes, he's 56 and eight, but against teams that uh, have been ranked in the top five, he's one and six. Yeah. And he's lost the last three. This is the most important. He's lost the last three to Michigan in college football playoff games, including a final. He's one and three and got the one time they reached the final, they got embarrassed by Alabama. So really, he beats the teams that he should beat because they have a massive talent advantage. And then when he gets in a game where the talent is comparable, he loses. That's the narrative. Uh, and, and it's real. So I, I could see that being one of those teams you talk about where the expectation is you need to win now, which is that's the heat that was on Harbaugh a few years ago. It's yep. like, why isn't he getting this done? Um, which you wonder if that kind of gives the folks at Ohio State a little bit more patience to say, look, like Harbaugh, they, Michigan stuck with mm -hmm. him and he finally broke through. You know, you could have as much talent as you want. You could have a great coach. And I have no doubt that Ryan Day and, and his squad, they fit all that. But sometimes it's just timing, matchups, injuries. A lot of things can add into that. Getting the right guy at the right time. Um, and you sometimes just have to wait your time. You wait yeah. your turn. I think the the run that Alabama and Georgia have kind of had these last this last decade is kind of made some other made the real the expectations a little too unrealistic for a lot of teams to think that that you can be as dominant you can go on these runs uh but sometimes it comes down to waiting your turn uh i think texas a&m is another team that falls i mean they haven't had a national title since 1939 or, or something yeah, 30s, like that yeah. uh, for as much money as they have invested into the program for as much booster money that they have they bring to the table uh to have an opportunity to have you know moved into the sec and compete with the big boys and 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 still not yielding those results they have not won a division since 2010 yeah they have not won their the, own division. The johnny manzel so, yeah season. so yeah. i mean i think that's a that's a hungry fan base too that, that they Probably need to get there here soon. Yeah, you hope they give Mike Elko a little time, right? And they give they give Jimbo what five years. Yeah. So let's hope Elko gets that much time too. But the problem is, here comes Texas into into the SEC. I, I have Penn State on this list too, uh, slightly behind Ohio State, but again, a Big Ten team where expectations are high. And what does James Franklin do? What what's the narrative on him? He doesn't win the big games, yeah. and he and he really hasn't. Like he, you know, they beat up on teams that that they should beat up on, and when it comes down to Ohio, playing Ohio State and Michigan, he's uh, he usually comes out losing those games, and uh, they lost in the Peach Bowl uh, again with a team they didn't have a lot of opt outs, but Ole Miss didn't either, and Ole Miss beat him. So I think Franklin's this was supposed to be his best uh, team, his best roster yet, and they still fell short. So I, I could see the Nittany Lion fan base saying, "Hey, come on." I got uh, USC in that mix out west, too. I mean, as you go into the Big Ten now, you're going to be dealing with a larger pool of money, but it, it, the scheduling doesn't get any easier. Lincoln Riley's making $10 million a year, one of the highest-paid coaches in college football, um, and they haven't won a national title since 2004. I, I think that there's a desire and a hunger to bring back the kind of restore the, the glory uh, that they once had. I think Texas falls into that category. I think Oklahoma falls into that category. I mean, it has been nearly 20 years since – any of these schools mm -hmm. have won a national championship and 
There really aren't any excuses that they can't be. I mean, Texas is obviously on the uh, on the the rise. Right. They're in a pretty what good Sarkeesian spot. What Sarkeesian has yeah. done, and uh, and within the next probably three four years, they could have a run here where they get into the title game and, and maybe win it. So, um, but I would even look closer to home. I, look at the Florida teams. That's I mean, yeah. you got. All of them. I mean, Florida, Florida State, Miami. I think the expectations at all places are very high. And, you know, they – it's been a minute. You know, Florida State most recent. But uh, it, 2001 was Miami's last national, national title. I mean, that – I felt like the, the Coker years of the dominance that they had down there, uh, It's they were reminiscent of what we've seen out of Georgia and Alabama recently. Yeah. Uh, and it falls off, and it's hard to get – it's hard to get it back. I mean, you think they kind of – maybe Mario's the guy that, that can, can do that, but – uh, but I think the pressure's on. I think the patience is worn out with, with Mario. I think this se- upcoming season, because they've had good recruiting classes, you know, he has recruited well, and they've had talent, and so you have expectations, and you're watching, like, Florida State, I think, is in a good spot, and Miami is seeing that. Like, Florida State's kind of, you know, has ascended to another level. Um, so I think he's – and I think Billy Napier at Florida, like, I think this is a make-or-break season for him coming up here too. What do you think about Nebraska? They're an interesting – I mean, obviously they have such, you know, storied history, uh, and they just picked up the number one recruit in yeah. uh, the high school ranks this last year. Um, you know, they kind of have a big-name coach in Matt Rule that takes over. Uh, what do you think the expectations are there? I think that they do uh, see themselves as, you know, a top 10, top 15 program. Uh, but I also think they're more realistic than a lot of these other fan bases we've mentioned. I think they know that it's hard to get kids to Nebraska. It's easier now that, as you pointed out there, Matt Rule's gotten landed a couple big recruits. When you have NIL money involved, that helps. Um, but I think their fan base is a little more patient than some of these others that we've mentioned. Yeah. So what does uh, Jim Harbaugh do next? Does he bolt for the NFL? That is what many people are speculating. Um, my take is... Uh, he, he may. I don't think he's going to. I think he should and ought to stay uh, at Michigan. I mean, I think that this all the talk, getting an agent, he had, what, Tom Brady's agent that he mm-hmm. signed, and, you know, and teams are certainly interested, and why wouldn't they be? Yeah. But I think, you know, I, I always lean toward like, stay in a place and build your legacy. And what he's done at Michigan, I think, has cemented his legacy in part but then if you just look through, like, the history of the coaches that have got – obviously, he's not probably going to ever match Beauchamp Beckler's 194 wins. I mean, he'd have, I think he'd have to probably average, you know, 12 wins a season for the next decade. Or he something might. Like that. He could. Uh, maybe. But I think he falls kind of into a Lloyd Carr, mm-hmm. you know. Lloyd Carr, uh, I think he has more wins than, than Jim Harbaugh all time. Of course, he was there longer. Uh, but he, too, won a national title. But – you know that's that's kind of where he falls legacy wise he was Lloyd Carr was a great coach but I think Harbaugh has you know he's 60 years old I think if he played this thing out a little bit further sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side now personal motivation to go take an NFL job so that he can kind of be on the same footing with his brother and you know obviously he took the Niners yeah he uh, wants to win a Super Bowl I I think you think that's what it's all about well I I think there are a number I if I were him I would leave I would go back to the NFL, and there are a few factors in that. The ones that I'll touch on are, yes, you're, you've taken your alma mater back to the top of the mountain. Like, 
it doesn't get any better than this. And I think the Big Ten's about to get harder with Washington, Oregon coming in, USC, uh, as you mentioned there, looking to transcend. Um, and he mentioned before the season started, he thinks he's got 16 to 18 guys on this team that will get drafted. I mean, that would that would break Georgia's record if that happens. Yeah. So you're going to have huge roster turnover. And, uh, you know, can you maintain like Georgia has done and lose 15, 16 guys to the draft and get back to the top of the mountain? I, I don't think that's realistic. So I think, A, the situation is going to get a little tougher at Michigan. Another part of that is there is going to be some type of NCAA punishment for this signal stealing mess like that's going to come down like it beyond may- what he's already served yeah because what he served was what was imposed by michigan you know how that's what schools will do they'll say okay well we're going to go go ahead and suspend him for three games hoping that the ncaa will take that into consideration um and when they do levy his final punishment, maybe they'll say it's only three games, but I think it's going to be more than that. So, and he's still got some other mess to sort out from the other NCAA investigation. Uh, I mean, it's not a, um, it's not coincidence that they fired the linebackers. Remember, Harbaugh was going to fight this, and they were going to take this to court. Right. And then on the day that they were supposed to have a hearing, he decides to settle to a three-game suspension, and they fired this linebackers coach. So. I mean, there's an admission there that something was done wrong. Anyway, that's one factor. And then another I do think is that who would want to, as much as he loves it, as much as he loves Michigan, uh, NFL, going to pay him more, right? Not necessarily. I I think they will. And these college coaches, man, I don't know how any of them do it now. Like, at least NFL head coaches get some time off and some time with their family. These college coaches have to manage – uh, a schedule year round now like there's I think there's one dead period in February and maybe another one in July for two weeks other than that you're recruiting and now you're recruiting not only are you recruiting high school athletes you're recruiting transfer portal guys and you're trying to recruit your own roster to keep them from hopping in the portal I don't know how any of this is manageable I would flee if the Chargers say hey here's uh, 20 mil I'm gone you just want the easier job that's what you want I, but want, a place, I, but I want something with realistic expectations like this well, is this is all unrealistic I think, I, well I think he just showed that he can re- deliver on results but you're not you're not dodging expectations when you go to the NFL no I mean they they fired coaches today that were coaches but of, he could all Mike Vrabel was coach of the year in 2022 yeah and he's out this is but that, that's the way the NFL is too I mean and that is it's you're right from a time management standpoint it's it's probably a little bit easier in the NFL but the expectations don't change and look the money's better I don't think the money's better well, based I, who, on reports he's uh, his offered his how many NFL officer coaches and, are, how many NFL coaches are making over 10 million dollars a year uh quite a few right I don't know I got I, now I, I got to look this up um but I but, think the kind of money he would command would be 18 to 20 million and and he's he wouldn't get that from Michigan. He's getting twelve million as the report for his extension. Yeah. All right. Well, we disagree. I think you should stay. On the other side, we're <laughs> going to discuss a little bit more NFL news as as teams now are looking for new head coaches, and obviously it could you could have Jim Harbaugh in that mix as well. Plus, we want to talk about Jabez Winston's victory formation audible at the line that has everybody's feathers ruffled. That's when an <laughs> off days podcast returns. Welcome back to the No Off Days podcast. You know, we don't have many rules on this show. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, but they are all unwritten. 
They are, every rule we have is unwritten, and Chris seemingly violates them every day. So maybe it's time we write down some of these rules. Uh, like, don't wear shirts that are too small for you. I mean, come on. Uh, look, I, <laughs> I put on some weight during the holidays, okay? I haven't gotten bigger shirts. Yet. So Jameis Winston, you know, this last week against the Atlanta Falcons in a game that at the end of the day didn't really matter. Uh, they have a 20-some-odd point lead on the Falcons. They're down at the one-yard line, and they get in victory formation. He decides, you know what? The team is making a team decision here, and everybody's seen a soundbite by now and where yeah. he goes off in the locker room. I think it was high comedy. High comedy. Classic Typical Jameis. Jameis. Yeah. Typical Jameis, right? But how much of a problem do we actually have? Because there's been so much outcry and a, and a little bit of vilification in, in that for Jameis. People saying, I, I would have fired it. You know, I would have I would have cut him right there. And um, there's just no place for this in the NFL. This is an unwritten rule, and he obviously violated it, that when you get in victory formation, that a knee is expected and a knee shall be given. But he did not do that. He wanted to get his boy, uh, Jamal Williams, a touchdown. So... What's your take on that? You know, I don't really care about my take because I feel like I, I feel like you and I kind of agree on this. I, I, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm cool with, as Derek Carr said, taking care of your buddy. Jamal Williams hadn't scored a touchdown all season. He had, you know, led the Lions in touchdowns the year before. And I, hey, you, you want to stop him, Falcons? Stop him now. I know you could say, well, they're not expecting it, but um, I read one account of a Falcons player, at least one player, asked the. Um, Saints if they were going to try to score here and the Saints player didn't say anything so they should have had some expectation yes. that this was going to happen I thought it was great I have no problem with it I want to bring in BK because I can hear some uh, some rattling of the bars from here uh, BK you were on the other side of this issue um, just yesterday when we discussed it you got pretty mad you started throwing things at me and uh, you think that Jameis did a really really naughty thing it's not it, you, you call it funny it's not funny when you line up in a victory no he's formation. funny i'm not saying the move was funny the move was james is his description his defense of it that that to me was funny but that's that's just par for for james and if that was my quarterback if he was my teammate it, it, just look at how Taysom hill reacted when he was deep in victory formation, and he saw the play. He was almost embarrassed by he was, it. He was a little embarrassed. Yeah, which and, goes against the account that they decided as a team to exactly. do this, right? And, and what constitutes a team? Yeah. Jameis and Jamal Williams I mean, decided. There's only 11 guys out there on the field, so they didn't take a, a straw poll there. But uh, it's not Jameis's decision to, to call an audible. It's well, not, you know, and if you do, just if you, go, you want him to score a touchdown, fine, but get in the right formation. I mean, when the Falcons did ask, hey, are you running a play? What's up? Because they could sense something and then snaps the ball and the offensive line's firing off at him. And yeah, it, that's he, a good point. I didn't consider that, that if you really want to score, then run a real play. Don't, yeah. 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 don't get know, in the victory formation. It. Funny yeah. would have been victory formation and Jameis drop kicks the ball for a <laughs> field goal attempt or something. That's Jameis. Yeah. But, you know, waving the white flag and then all of a sudden – Firing off for a play, it's just kind of bush league. You I'll know? bet you're going to tell me next that you're not allowed to eat W's. Is that what you're going to no, tell me? No, it's not. Okay. That's completely All right. different. All right. But you know, here's I'll the thing. Here's the thing. Is that look, I, I understand that it, writ it it breaks this unwritten rule, and you know, I I would not want that to be done if it was on my team. I would not be on board with that. But, you know, we went through the scenario. If you were in that huddle, are you going to jump off sides to stop it? Are you going to, you know, not take part in it? 
I, I, no, I'm going to do what the team's going to do. So yeah. if, if this is what we're going to do, fine. I'm with you guys. I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's as big a deal. Uh, that's my main point is that it's not as big a deal as people made it out to be. It's not a big deal. But, but here's my biggest issue is that if the NFL has a problem with it, put it in the rule book. Put it in the rule book. Unwritten rules, leave it up to people to determine. They leave it to the subjectivity of the team, the person to make that call. Like, if it's really a problem, put it in the objective standard that we all agree to. When we come to the football field, we go by what's in the rule book. That's how they throw flags. That's the basis by which they make the calls. Like, let's not let's not make this some kind of nebulous thing that – Somebody, if they want to violate it, oh boy! And then we shame them after the after the fact. Put it in the rule book. It's not that hard. If a team gets in victory formation, both sides, the defense and the offense, should then expect a knee. A violation of that is, you know, a you know, some type of penalty, unnecessary roughness, whatever you want to call, fifteen yard flag. That's all you have to do. I don't like. I don't like that idea. Putting it in the rule book. Like I, I like the vagueness of it. I like that. What What is good about vagueness? uh, Because that's how you can pull surprise plays on people. Like if you go down. So then you. Then that's you're precisely. You're making the point that victory formation plays are good. I'm making the point that the element of surprise, there's value in that in any sport. And I've seen plays where the quarterback will do the fake kneel down, then he'll pop up and, and hit a pass. Right, which is so different So you want to put that this. in writing too? Oh, if the quarterback is going to no, 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 fake no, no, a no. knee. You're, you're totally misunderstanding what I'm saying. It's kind of the same thing. No, okay, I'm saying if people have a problem, if, if we're going to sit here and say these are unwritten rules – and you shall not violate them, then write them down and make them written rules. That's, but who's, all I, who's, that's my only point. Outside of Arthur Smith, who said who said you shouldn't violate? Who said you shouldn't have done Every that? talking head. Every talking head. Not this head. talking head. It, but I know I have no influence. But. I mean, but, but, but that's Brian's point, is that that's an unwritten rule that shouldn't a, have been but violated. But it's not an issue. It's not an issue until some goofball backup quarterback who's the backup to a running back who can throw a football well Brian decides Brian, to Brian, take the you, rules into himself I mean now wait now you're just now you're just besmirching Jameis but listen I like that was besmirching Taysom Hill oh. running back that can throw a football I, it was. I like that they were looking out for their friend. I don't necessarily like that they went against their coach. But here's the thing. You've seen defenses when um, a quarterback is going to – they need to stop the clock, so you got to clock the football. What do you see defensively? That's not victory formation. But what that's do you see completely defensive? different. That is comp- – it's okay. – you know, it's a – Though I could see a rule where a quarterback's running out of bounds and he looks like he's about to go sliding down so the D- DB backs off of him and he pops back up. Who's the guy for Pitt? It was uh, – the pick quarterback. Um, Can you pick it? It might have been pick in yeah. the bowl game. Yeah. And then he bolts for another 20 yards. They changed that rule because, you know, the DB was going to light him up. But he said, no, he's going to give himself let's up. Just not, let's not add more rules. You're wrong, for, you're, wa- you're wrong for wanting to make a rule. You're wrong for not liking the play. You're both wrong. So you, then you have no issue with it at all? No, I'm fine oh, with it. Okay. No, I right. just think that, I mean, if all, all the Saints come and they defend Jameis. They've been standing up for him. But I think in their heart of hearts, they sit up there saying, God, next time we play these guys, you know, or, no, we got to watch out. They, it may not be a victory formation cheap shot, but would they be more willing to take a cheap shot on, like, Cam Jordan? You know, you think Cam Jordan really kind of – Look, if, I, if there's one thing I can tell you about the Saints, never in franchise history have they ever taken a cheap shot, right. and nor would they. Um, <laughs> look, my point is not that it should be in the, the – the pen, it should be a penalty – but if people have a problem with it, I don't have a major problem with it. If people have a problem with it, my point is get rid of the unwritten rules. Mm-hmm. If they're rules, 
that we should abide by that are good for the game, put them in the rule book. It's you're not reading the rule book anyway. So it's but, one, but, but it's one time. It was one. It was Jameis doing Jameis things. Right, but and you no, don't need to but, change a whole rule book. Greg, Greg Schiano's defense would fire off at the line when they were in. And they took down. care of it. Okay, so you don't need a rule to, for everything. You just say, all right. But what is the problem with that? That's what uh, that's what I don't understand. The outrage is so it goes so far, but we don't want to actually. But have don't any you think it's of kind of bush league to act like you're going to surrender? Hey, we're waving the white flag here on this play, guys, and all of a sudden, no, I'm going to give it to this guy. That's I do, a, I do agree with you that if you want to score, run, the, run a run a real play. Like I, well, you I, can't I agree be on both that. sides of this. Issue. I'm not on both sides. So, so you're saying that they couldn't, they shouldn't have been in the victory formation and run the ball. I'm saying that I like the fact that you're getting a touchdown for Jamal, okay. but I wish they would do it with a real play. All right. This guy had 18 weeks to get his touchdown. This is the only time they could do it. Is the uh, yes. oh, burn? Uh, I know. I, I know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care about Jamal Williams' touchdown. My whole point is. Uh, the, the unwritten rules are, are ridiculous. Anyway, the funny uh, thing is, like people are actually talking about the Falcons and Saints game for some. Like this is the is, only reason that or anyone yeah, was yeah, talking. Yeah, Jameis, yeah, they're no talking Jameis again. No doubt. Yeah, I uh, love it. Fun. It was fun. Da would never condone it. However, uh, yeah. yes. <laughs> There you go. All right. Thanks, BK. Um, so, all right. We have some coaching openings that are that are happening in the NFL right now. Uh, the Chargers, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Washington Commanders, the Titans, Panthers. Maybe the Patriots job opens up. How would you rank these uh, landing spots? What do you think is the best job that is opening or open currently? I'll, oh. st- I'll start while you look. Uh, I got the Chargers. Uh, of that group, this is the only franchise that has a quarterback I want to build around. And that would be Justin Herbert. Um, I, you know, obviously they have a great stadium. Uh, location's great. Uh, they w- are not that far removed from winning. They do have some other pieces on their offense that I like as well. Um, so to me, that's the most appealing job. Uh, don't know a ton about the ownership, but um, you know, I think that that's probably the number one spot. N- number two, I got I got the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, uh, I think they have great ownership. They also have great facilities, and you know, every NFL team has great facilities. But they have a brand new stadium. Um, I I don't think that their cupboard is full when it comes to quarterback. They need a new one, uh, but they do have some other pieces, and I think Bijan Robinson is a guy that can be a centerpiece for any yeah. offense moving yeah. forward. Uh, and then I would round my top three out with the Raiders job. Um, you know, mm, yeah, questionable yeah. ownership, questionable, uh, questionable ownership. Just all you'd have to do is put up with that haircut, uh, you know, that, that, no. but outside of that, I think that, that here's the thing with the Raiders job, you know, that there is a desire to win. They will put money where their mouth yeah. is. Uh, and I think you're going to get a fan base. That's, that's, you have a chance. This is a special time in that franchise's history uh, in that they're new to Vegas, and I think you could build something special out there. Um, so I would have that be my, my top three job openings. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, I might make Tennessee three just because I like um, – they, they're spending money too, and they're building this beautiful new stadium. And also it's in a winnable division, you know, more so than where the Raiders are. Now, That's I know, true. you know, the, the Chiefs may not always be there at the top of the mountain, and, and the – uh, charge that's a tough division the Raiders are in kind of like the Tennessee opening I just don't know what they um I don't know where they're going with this are they looking maybe you don't want to get into this yet but um I definitely wouldn't candidate I, I don't want to work for the Panthers no, uh and no. I, I think you know the commanders I, I am I do I'm curious to see what the new ownership will do there I think I think that's going to be a better spot 
yeah. uh, than it has been in quite a while. No, I agree. It, that's I think that's one of the the top jobs. I think their ownership is much different, obviously, under Dan Snyder, and and they're going to do a comprehensive search for that next person. But there is a, a good, nice long list of some rising talent out of the uh, coordinator ranks within the NFL uh, that is getting going to be getting some looks. Uh, my list would include uh, starting in Detroit. I mean, I think both their OC and their DC, but more so their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Yeah. Uh, he's a rising star, but Aaron Glenn, I, I think he's going to be a head coach at some point too. The Texans, their OC, Bobby Slowick. Yeah. Um, you got, let's see, let's see other OCs. Frank, I think, uh, Frank Smith, Dolphins OC. Yeah. I don't know if anybody bites on Frank yet. Um, you know, I like Todd Munkin too. I like I like One Todd year Munkin stop a lot. in Baltimore, yeah. but I mean, this guy has obviously yeah. been around and he's been a head coach before uh, in college. So, um, and then you got some solid DCs out there. I think Brian Flores gets a crack here again uh, before so? too long. I do. Yeah, I think he did a good job up in Minnesota. I think, I think Raheem Morris. I was about to say that. Yeah. And here, I actually, I would not be surprised if Raheem Morris ends up uh, getting the Atlanta job. That yeah. that's going to be one of my pick. I mean, he look he he coached there for a while. He was let go as part of the old regime. He was the interim guy, but I mean, I think it's been long enough. Yeah, you know, he had his chance with the Bucks, and I mean, he's still a young dude. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's not even fifty yet. So, uh, in coaching time, that's uh, he's still a baby, and he's been around for a long time. He's done it all, and he's gotten good results wherever he goes. Um, if I had to fill the Chargers job, my guess, I'm going to say they go with Ben Johnson, uh, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. That would be my guess. That that is If based, it's not Harbaugh. That is based on the fact that, yeah, if I, I think I'm going to guess Harbaugh stays at Michigan, uh, but then they go after Johnson. I say Falcons get Raheem Morris. I say the Raiders go after um, – I think they go after Mike McDonald. Uh, he's the, oh, yeah. Ravens the Ravens defensive DC. coordinator, young guy too uh, as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, coming up through the ranks. Uh, I think if Bill, I think Bill Belichick ends up moving on from New England, and I think they give him, uh, they give him a full cupboard in Washington to have uh, personnel control. So you, and you all think that. he's going to move on? I think so. Okay, I think wow. so. Um, that's just my my hunch. Uh, if he's not, I mean, look. So does Mike Vrabel go back to coach the Patriots? I do. I okay. think that that's what happens. <laughs> I think Vrabel being let go out of Tennessee was ridiculous, but uh, I mean, he's a great coach. He Players is. Love him. Yeah. Uh, he's gotten results there time after time. I mean, obviously, the last couple of years have been a little sl- tough sledding, but uh, and then I got uh, I got the Titans getting Bobby Slowick, and uh, I'm going to say Panthers go and get Todd Munkin. Oh, poor Todd uh, Munkin yeah, going to the Panthers. I, Don't I, do that, Todd. <laughs> Hold out for something better. Yeah, well, you know. I, I like those. I do, you know, the linchpin is this Harbaugh. If he stays at Michigan, you're probably right about where those. I just, I think he's going to go to the Chargers, and that may throw off some of that there. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to start doing our picks. We have NFL playoff games this weekend to get to some intriguing matchups. We have the return of Stafford against Goff. Lions taking on the Rams, their former teams. Oh, man, where where are we going to go with this? I do know that we're going to go uh, back to my house to bring in our guest. That's what what? we're Yeah, (laughs) yeah, our guest. I'm bringing my son. He's going to be on the program. Okay. The Nod Pod for the first Finally, time. Finally, a Smith with some football knowledge. There we go. Stay with us. The Nod Pod returns after this. Welcome on back to the No Off Days podcast. It is time for our picks segment. And Chris, um, the guest this week, how shall I describe this individual? Uh, it, we've had a lot of kind of big time guests uh, over the year plus that we've now been doing this podcast. Yeah. But 
I can say I don't think I've wiped any of their bottoms, but this <laughs> guest I have many a time. What about Willie Robertson? No? <laughs> Never wiped his bottom? Okay. Not that I can recall. Okay. Uh, with, with that glorious introduction, let's welcome to the No Off Days podcast our guest picker this week. His name is Carson Smith. My son is on the podcast. Carson, welcome in. Yes. Hi. Hey, buddy. Hi. Looking good. Yeah. Are you Are you excited to be part of a podcast? Yeah. Okay, good. Was your other podcast that you were just on, uh, was that, is that one over? Did, we didn't want to step on your other podcast that you do for, you know. No, so, I didn't do another, another oh, podcast. Oh, okay, okay yeah. No, he, he tried to keep his schedule pretty loose this week. You're right, yeah. He, he, is, he is in demand. Uh, so Carson, <laughs> he's a fifth grader, and, uh, and he's, he loves sports. And, uh, you know, I will say, Chris, that the reason I kind of thought he should probably be on the show is because recently, you know, within the house, we kind of picked on some of these games sure. especially he and i got to start him young and uh he he took me he took me to school um here in recent weeks he's nailed all his college football picks here wow. uh, the last couple of weeks isn't that right bud yeah yeah i, I guess yeah you, you I got the... yeah you're better than your old man in that regard i'm so. gonna start calling you for advice carson yeah no i need doubt. some help that sounds good all right buddy so here we go we have uh we have our wild card weekend picks our nfl playoff picks and so you just tell me who you think is going to win. If, if you have a, an explanation as to why, that would be great. And if you don't, that's okay, too. Let's start first with the game that's taking place on Saturday at 4.30. We have the Browns of Cleveland visiting the Houston Texans. Carson, who do you think is going to win that game? I think the Texans are going to win. They beat the Bucks, and I think they're going to win against the Browns. Yeah, well... The Texans are pretty hot. They got that offense cooking. C.J. Stroud, this is a rematch from Week 16 right. against the Browns, Chris, and they did not have C.J. Stroud in that game. How do you think this one goes down? Gosh, I don't want to pick against Carson, especially that you told me he's been on a heater lately. But, <laughs> man, Carson, my Browns have been hot. I've been rolling with them the last few weeks. They've got this great defense. They got Joe Flacco has, uh, you know, transitioned from raking leaves in his front yard to throwing some some great passes the to Amari Cooper. The leaves are getting out of control at this point. Too. They are, yeah. I It's hard to pick against the Texans and against Carson, but I'm going to pick the Browns. Well, I, for much of the same reasons, Chris, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think that this Browns team is peaking right now. They're, I mean, their passing attack is off the charts, and uh, that it's still one of the best defenses going into the postseason. So, uh, with that being said, you and I are probably going to be wrong, but I'm picking the Browns <laughs> as well. All right, Carson, what about the Dolphins visiting the Chiefs? This is going to be an 8 o'clock kickoff on Saturday night. What do you like? Um, I like the Dolphins. They got Tyreek Hill. They got Tagatua Vailoa. And yep. I'm going with the Dolphins. Yeah, okay. They they have, do have a high-powered offense. They do. This is on the road, though, Chris. Does that change the uh, math for you? What might change the math for me is that I think it's going to be negative 2 degrees in it's gonna KC. Be, yeah, hang on. Uh, checking in uh, at our Arrowhead station. Yes, 10 degrees, they say, on Saturday night. It might be okay. even, yeah, once well, the Well, 10's better down. than negative 2. In that case, uh, Carson, I like this pick. I think the Dolphins are getting Mostert back healthy. I think they're getting Jalen Waddle back. And I think we're going to see the problems that have haunted the Chiefs all season, which mainly is not having receivers to catch Patrick Mahomes' passes. I think that's good. Two good defenses here that are both playing well. I, and it's hard to pick against Casey uh, at home in Arrowhead, but I think I'm going to go with Carson on this. And look, Carson, I don't know if you can see me. You probably can't, but I've got my uh, – 
Tyreek Hill is on this T-shirt I'm wearing. Of course, that was when he was losing uh, to the Buccaneers as a member of the Chiefs, but he's going to have a revenge game going back to Kansas City. I'm picking the Dolphins. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, so they did meet earlier this this year, and uh, the Dolphins did lose in that game. It was a Week 9 game in Germany. Um, but German games don't count. That's true. I, I, you know, anything out of you know U.S. time zones, I, I'm, I'm willing to give that to you. But here's the thing. Um, the Dolphins on the road, a struggle. Cold weather game, a struggle. Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, I just think this guy is that exceptional, that he's going to find a way, he's going to find a gear, and so for that reason, I'm going Chiefs in that game. All right, Carson, we got Steelers at Bills, a Sunday 1 o'clock kickoff. Steelers or the Buffalo Bills, who do you like? Uh... Um, Bills, they beat the Chiefs, and yeah, I think they're going to win. They are hot right now. Yeah. Josh Allen company at home. You talk about a cold weather game. I think they're getting snow in that game. I love a snow game. A snow game is good. Rain game, no good. Snow game, great. Steelers are good at playing in that kind of weather. Man, they've been playing much better with Mason Rudolph. Najee Harris is clicking. The defense looks good. But I'm not picking against the Bills. I love the way Josh Allen is playing. I love the way that Bills defense is playing. Uh, Ten-point spread, by the way. That's a little much, I think. But I'm going to pick. I'm going to go with Carson in this one, too. The Bills take down the Stillers. Yeah, if we can get a wideout game where you, it's just a snow-covered game, I, mean, I don't think you're going to get big offense in that. There may not be more than 10, 10 points, points combined <laughs> scored in that game. So I do think that the Bills probably um, don't cover that 10-point spread, but uh, I do think they're going to win this one at home. All right, we're all in agreement. All right, Packers at Cowboys. Carson, this is a 430 game. You can catch it right here on Fox 13. Who do you think is going to win, the Green Bay Packers or the Dallas Cowboys? Cowboys all the way. They beat the Lions. They're going to win. Yeah, they're pretty good. Everything's kind of clicking right now for this team. Dak Prescott and company. Yeah, and I'm starting to sense Carson's method here, too. If if they beat the Lions, then they've got to be good. If they beat the Bucks, they've got to be good. I like it. I'm with you again, Carson. Boy, you and I are, are sharing one brain here. Uh, Cowboys at home are tough. That defense. I mean, I do love the way the Packers have been playing, you know, and I think Jordan Love has just come into his own with those young receivers. But I think the Cowboys – are going to win. Yeah, I love the ascent that we've seen out of Jordan Love this year. Uh, he's taken this team to new heights. I think he's shown that he is the franchise quarterback to take over for Aaron Rodgers. But there's only one team in the NFL that has never lost a home game this season, and that would be the Dallas Cowboys. I don't see that happening this weekend. So I got the Cowboys winning at Jerry World. All right, Rams at Lions. Carson, this is a 8 o'clock game on oh, Sunday dude, night. Oh, even pa- ask him if he's going to pick past the Lions? Your, <laughs> past your bedtime, so you're not going to be able to see it, but we'll tell you about it on Monday morning. Uh, Rams at Lions, who do you think? Lions, uh, they're in third place right now. Or second. I don't know if they're I, the th- I don't Yeah, know. they're the three seed going mm-hmm. into this one. So and the Lions are favored. I'm going with the Lions. What's that? I'm going with the Lions. He's going with the Lions. He uh, he feels like the Motown City curse is coming to an end, and they get a, a playoff win here uh, at home against Matt Stafford and company. This is, of course, the revenge game for both these quarterbacks playing against their opposing teams. This is teams. the script the NFL wanted, right? This is it. Yeah, this is absolutely it. Who do you think? I like your bedroom, Carson. Uh, I like your posters. I noticed that's that, actually my bedroom. Uh, yeah. are, so, so are you, yeah. are you top bunk? Are you a bottom bunk guy? Yes. Okay. It depends how mad my wife is at me, and then maybe she sends me to the top bunk. Well, I, I like your uh, post. If those are yours, Carson, I like your posters, yes. your banners, your pennants, I should say. Gosh, what kind of sports fan? I noticed you had a Lions pennant back there too. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I this is going to be such a good game. The Rams' defense, they travel well. It's hard to pick against the way Matthew Stafford is playing, but, boy, this Lions team seems to be on a mission. I love the way Jameer Gibbs is playing, and I like them at home. I think Goff gets his revenge, and I think that three-point spread is about right. I'm, I'm going to go Lions in a tight one. Yeah, uh, you know, this is, uh, for me, I grew up a Lions fan, so this is kind of a head versus heart. Uh, game where kind of my head and it's history. It's the family team. It's, it's what? The it's the family team. It is the family team. <laughs> and my father, my own father would disown me if I picked against the Lions, which might be uh, enough to just stick with the Lions there. I, it's hard to pick against them. Uh, you know, all the history of watching uh, this team in the postseason to have now this game where there, there's this coming in as, as much ballyhooed as they are to have to face a guy that spent 11 years in Detroit, didn't win a game at Ford Field. I can see the script saying he wins his first game at Ford Field as a member of the Rams in yeah. the postseason. Uh, but again, I'm going to go heart with this and, and I'm picking Lions to beat the Rams okay. in a close one. All right, finally Carson, before I can let you go off to bed, uh, we have Eagles at Buccaneers on Monday night. It's a big Monday night showdown. Uh, need I even ask you, but I'll let you take your pick. Who do you think? Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> give me give me a reason why. What do you who's gonna play well for the Bucks on Monday night? Um, I think Baker Mayfield's been red hot um this year. I think Mike Evans would do good. Uh and Rashad White. Rashad yeah. White, yeah, those that's the the three headed monster right there for the Bucks. All right, how do you think it goes down? I like all those reasons he called out. He stuck with the offensive side of the ball. I think yeah. I think if the Bucks win, it's because of defense. I just Carson, I went to uh, the Eagles played at the Bucks in Week Four. I think mm. it was a Monday night game. I got to stay up past my bedtime, and I went to that game. And it was a beatdown. I, I think the Eagles had 470-something yards of offense, and the Bucks had like 160. Now, I will that say – Yeah? That was in the early season. Yeah. That's that a great season. Two different – you're right. There hey, you go. you're right. Because of Carson, I'm changing my pick. I'm going to pick the Bucks too. I think defense <laughs> – and I like Antoine Winfield Jr. is on a mission. I think the Bucks pull off a, a big upset here. Well, it's not big. It's a three-point spread. But I think everyone thinks the Eagles are going to win. I think, yeah. I think the Eagles are, are slumping at the perfect time. Uh, Jay, I, A.J. Brown is hurt. We don't know his status, right? We don't know Devontae Smith's yeah. status. Uh, he had missed, I think, two games going in. A.J. Brown, uh, safety went down. You got Jalen Hurts coming off a dislocated middle finger on his throwing hand. How that, you know, I, I assume he's going to play in the game. Yeah. But, but you got to think that's probably your dominant finger on your throwing hand to have that either in a splint or sore. Yeah. Uh, that can't help. You know, I think what a lot of folks are worried about is, is this uh, Philly team, are they somewhat playing possum? Did they get out hot to a 10-1 start and then just kind of kick this thing in cruise control and, you know, play for the postseason, and then now they're just going to turn on the Jets here once the wild card weekend arrives? Uh, that is the concern, but I, I don't think it's a valid one. I think this team is legitimately stumbling, and I think it's more of a mind thing for them right now, honestly, yeah. for all the injuries that they're dealing with. Because uh, the Bucks, they have them too. I mean, Baker's got to get healed up, and he's got to get some protection in the pocket, or, or it could be a long night. Uh, but I, I think the defense showed us a glimpse of what they can do last week, even though it was the Panthers. I think they dial it up, and they get to Jalen Hurts and company. And I'm going to say a Bucks. Uh, I, I think it will be a, considered a stunning win. Yeah. That's that's the only upset that I have of the weekend uh, is the Bucks. Did we all just pick the Bucks? I think we all just. I picked think the Bucks. we did. 
Well, Carson, it's been a, a, a pleasure to get to know you a little bit further on this podcast. And, um, you know, all the best in your in your future picking games. Thank you. Carson, you, right. did, you did a great job. I, I think your picks, you're going to have the most right of any of us. And I just I have one question before you go. I know you've got a bedtime. Well, first of all, make your dad let you stay up and watch that Sunday night game. That's going to be a good one. Yes, but yes, please. Yes, please, Dad. Uh, but tell me this, and to answer honestly, you and your dad in a foot race, who's faster right now? Me. That's what I thought. That He's already not, got the old man. That was not an honest answer. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Who, who is the best? Who is the best dad on the planet, uh, Carson? You. Okay. Thank oh. you very much. And on that note, that's how we'll end it with <laughs> a little bit of honesty there. Uh, he is ten-year-old Carson Smith. He was grader, awesome. And uh, and it pick picker extraordinaire. And thank you, mommy, for setting up the zoom good job uh, so there we go picks in the books now coming up on the other side uh, i guess it's a little bit how how well do you know nfl teams but we're going to take a different slant on this we're going to bring bk back in it's our final kicker segment a little bit of uh logo trivia on your way Ooh. next when the nod pod returns nice Welcome on back to the No Off Days podcast. Let's bring in Brian King for our final segment. And, uh, BK, you got some trivia for us. And we have these uh, handy-dandy dry erase boards. I know what this means. Yeah, that means we – That means Brian's going to have trouble we're, reading we're my writing. some Pictionary. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to give you some NFL logo trivia, okay? It's NFL. Come on, you guys should know these, right? Wait, Brian, my <laughs> – I'm sorry. My IFB cut out during the rules explanation. These are what's <laughs> – <laughs> These are NFL logos. Okay. Now, yeah, got it. I think that handicap was appropriate for a guy that did his thesis statement. He did a third uh, grade re book report on it. Oh, it was my college thesis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Don't, don't get it twisted. <laughs> okay. All right. First one's real easy. You ready for the first one? Yeah. All right. What NFL team logo faces left? It's the only one in the NFL that faces left. Go ahead and write down your answers. This is not right. While he's doing this, know. what do you think about my shirt, BK? I like it's it. The Antoine okay. Winfield giving the peace sign. I, mine's, I know mine's wrong. What I'm is just it? Trying to, I got Falcons. What'd you say, Cato? Pats or Patriots? It's the Eagles. The, he's facing Look left. That. So faces right. left, and it's the only one in the entire league. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that was not in my college thesis. Okay. Well, maybe this one is. Hmm. What two NFL teams have an actual football in their logo? There's two teams. In their logo, there's a football present. Current logos, not throwback. Current logos, okay. not throwbacks, yes. Gosh, BK. Clock's ticking. Oh, wait, come on, you should know this. I'll tell you, one's AFC, one's NFC. I got them. I got it. Okay. I'm not sure. What Did, you got, Scott? Didn't have to leave the state of uh, Florida. That's right. What'd you say, Scott? I got Bucks Raiders, but I, did, I, I wasn't sure. I got Bucks sure. Dolphins. Doesn't the Dolphin yeah. have a little football I, in I his beak? He does, yeah. Bucks Jets, right? Oh, yeah. Bucks Jets. What about the dolphin with the football in his to, beak? What, what he doesn't have a football about? in his beak. Oh, that's you, not what Ace Ventura thinking, taught yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Could have sworn. Uh, okay, I got Do you know him? Does he call you at home? <laughs> Here's the next one. What four NFL teams have an S in their logo? In their logo, the letter S. It, so that that's kind of simple, I would think. In it, their logo? In their logo, yeah. I'll give you a hint. One's NFC, and the rest are AFC. Three of them are in the playoffs. 
Check that. Two of them are in the playoffs. <laughs> I keep thinking of the Browns helmet, and it's just brown. <laughs> it's just a blank <laughs> helmet. Uh, the only I only got two. I, I got a 49ers and Jets. Okay, that's two of them. What'd you got, Kato? I didn't get either one of those. I got Rams, Chiefs, Steelers, and Smudge. Okay. I don't know of a S in any of those logos. What a Steelers? Where? Let's roll it. See, they got Steelers. Oh right yeah. Now. Raiders. Yeah. Oh my got- gosh, how could I not think of the Jets and Niners? Yes. The Niners is a literal S and an F. No, yeah. You only got one right. I got two of them. Okay, right. now we're keeping right. score, huh? We okay. Go. Let me turn it up a notch. Okay, here's the next one. Which four NFL teams have full body logos? Uh, okay. And I'll give you a hint, it necessarily doesn't have to be a human body. So like the Patriot head wouldn't be a full body logo. There's four right, teams full. that have a full body logo and two NFC two AFC and three in the playoffs full body so it could be full body of an animal is what you're saying uh, yeah it could that could be a correct way of thinking about okay. it okay I don't know these are is. tougher than I you thought said four there's four of them yeah I don't know if this is right what you got Scott uh, I got the Dolphins I got the Falcons Bills and Eagles okay we just saw the Eagle is only a head Scott he only has a head remember does he? Facing left. What'd you say? Oh, that's right. Kato? Uh, Dolphins, Lions, Bills, Falcons. Oh, that's right. Wow. Good job. Roll it. That's it. Ba-boom. Nice job, Kato. Yeah. Hey, this guy didn't get the Lions? Can you believe I this know. over here? Oh, you're right. That. The Dolphin doesn't have a football in his mouth. Well, it needs to. I think it used to. No, it used to have a helmet. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's right. It wore a little helmet. Okay, last one here. Here we go. Okay. Let's finish strong. What five NFL logos have teeth? Have teeth? Yes. Uh, You've seen a couple of these already. So I, I know one. Gosh. There's five logos that have teeth. There's one, two, three, four NFC, one AFC. Five, you say? There's five. Uh, and I will say I'll give you one is their logo, but it's not on their helmet. So we'll give you a pass on that one. I I kind of. But it, this one does have teeth though. Oh, I know. I think I know which team you're referring okay. to. Okay. I'm gonna write all the teams down and just hope go. that I get. All right. Pins up. What you got, Scott? Uh, this is. I know that these are wrong. I got Raiders, Bucks, Jags, Bears, Panthers. I got okay. all those except Panthers. I put the same ones he did, but I did not put Panthers. I, I, I and I don't know that any of these are right. Okay. Let's see it. Bears, Bucks, Jags, Lions. In the Panthers. And the lion has a tooth? He's got very close. If you look at it, it's oh. got the, the teeth up there. Yeah. Okay. Well, it makes sense. you oh, got to have the, the teeth. What's a, what's a toothless lion? Who wants to have a toothless I lion? I think the Raiders logo should have some nice big white veneers. That's what, <laughs> I that's what it's missing. They made him look. You want him to be a swashbuckling pirate, and pirates, you know, yeah. m- are missing teeth. But, okay. okay, I only got three of those. All right. So, uh, I think I won. I think I did. Nope. Pretty I think, sure. I think it would go quality over quantity. Uh, no, quantity over quality. You I think I got. Apparently, I need to go update yeah, my okay. college thesis. <laughs> what What exactly w- did you feel like you specialized when it came to NFL logos? Well, uh, given uh, you have to keep in mind, I'm old, so yes. these logos have changed. Like there used to be a Patriot that hiked the football. He yeah. was a center. Yeah. And the Dolphin was wearing some kind of apparel. 
And there was an Euler. Have you seen the Euler's logos? Of there was course. a. There was a. Yeah, that was so great. So wh- how how did you um, how did you work that into an actual school? Stumble upon that. Well, like, what application does it have in real world? Like, how would a teacher ever accept that? It was a stretch. Uh, Were I, you homeschooled? I was kind of hoping the fact that my mom was my social studies teacher that I could kind of <laughs> skate through. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, I don't know. It was um, It had something to do with the business of football. Who knows? It was a long time ago. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's on the hot seat, and he's, he's starting to he's squirming, squirming a, little. a little bit. Now people ah. are going to start investigating my resume. Yeah, yeah, let's, mm. yeah let's see if you've doctored Does any he really have panel. a degree at all? All right, very good. Um, thank you, BK. Thanks, guys. All right. Fun with the whiteboards. Uh, that was uh, that was a fun show. So I, I feel like, um, you know, we have all these playoff games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any upsets I can't. Yeah, I remember it's the dumbest pick on the board, I think. I picked the Dolphins to somehow beat the Chiefs. Okay. Remember right. that? that well, was we'll, we'll keep an eye out this week. And if you're watching this show and you're saying, those games are already over, it's because you need to download the podcast. It drops during the week. That makes a lot more sense. That's so right. we get these picks to you before then. Uh, remember, um, we, uh, we of course, have our podcast every week at uh, fox13news.com slash nodpod, or you can download on Spotify and iTunes, and uh, it'll go straight to your phone each and every week when it drops. Usually hits right around Thursday afternoon, and uh, and that way you can become one of the loyal followers here. Please, please the, do follow. The Nod Pod. Big things heading your way in 2024. Uh, big thanks to our guest, Carson. Yes. Uh, my son. The smart smith. Yep, the one he, he got his brains and his looks from his mom. <laughs> um, until the next time we are on, there are no off days. Okay.